Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Joaquin Evans. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit www.bethelchurchaustin.com. But I got this. I got this message just the other day. Um, it said uh, I wanted to share a quick testimony with you. Uh, I was at church. This past Saturday, so last week I was at church and felt emboldened to expect more healing and testimonies in my life. Come on, the presence changes everything. Thank you, Jesus. We, last week, we weren't, we weren't talking about healing and testimonies, but God did a whole bunch. God healed a whole bunch of people last week. That was amazing. We had some first-time visitors get healed. We got any first-time visitors with us tonight? <laughs> Awesome. Welcome. We're glad you're here. You've been warned. Okay. <laughs> be, it, be it expected. He, uh, I was emboldened to expect more healing uh, and testimonies in my life. Today I felt the Lord's prompting to go talk with one of my coworkers. Her, her name is Crystal. As we were talking, she mentioned she had scoliosis since childhood. Hip pain, back pain, and knee pain. Before we prayed, she said her pain levels were the following. The back was a five, the hip was a five, and the knee was a seven. Within about a minute, she said that all of the pain left her hip and knee, and that the pain in her back went down to a two. I I then sensed the Lord nudging me to ask if she had anyone in her life that she was meant to forgive, and she did. She forgave two people, and the healing and the healing in her back went to zero as well. <laughs> so literally all the pain left her body within a matter of minutes. Praise Jesus. And I love this part. It means somebody was listening. Uh, she says she was completely amazed at how great her body felt. And I encourage her that the Lord ultimately wants a deeper relationship with you and will sometimes use healing to get to people's hearts. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. That's good news right there. Our friend Jesus is here tonight. And I really really feel, um, I feel emboldened. Uh, Just to share this message, we are launching into a new year together. and, And last week we talked about dreaming with God together. And how to, how to capture the heart of God and how in his presence to let him nurture those dreams so that they, they come to fruition. But today I really feel like talking about being friends with God. Because how many people know everything else that we want is going to come out of that one place? Amen? That how many people want to see Austin transformed for Jesus? Half the room, okay. Okay. Uh, that we want to see Austin transformed, we want to see our families transformed, we want to see where we go impacted, we want to see people meet Jesus, we want to see miracles happen, we want to see all these things happen, but all those things are an overflow of relationship, amen? That those, that those things aren't things that you learn just in a good lesson, those things aren't, aren't things that you learn from a list, those things that are an overflow of our relationship and our friendship with God. 
So I want to talk about that overflow and that relationship. And I actually believe that God is setting us on a course that, that he's giving us huge promise as a church. I mean, like if, if you're brand new, we launched in September. So we're just, we're just a few months old, but God is doing so much already. I mean, I, I mention it every week, but, but God is showing up in, in miraculous power. Tumors are disappearing. Cancer is fleeing. Pe- deaf ears are opening. Marriages are being restored. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm not sure about you, but I think that's what church is supposed to be about. And people falling madly in love with Jesus. Last week I went through a list of those things and I said two sisters. Uh, a Facebook post uh, was posted after uh, Pastor Eddie went after uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, two sisters posted, hey, we came to that service together and both got baptized in the Holy Spirit together. That's awesome. I didn't know they were in the room, but after the service they came up and introduced themselves. They're like, yeah, that's us. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. We got a report that a marriage that was falling apart, the, the couple literally came in, stood in the back, had an encounter with God during service, and God restored their marriage. And they, le- they left with a healed marriage. We've had dozens of people meet Jesus already. Come on! I'm about to get myself fired up. <laughs> but all that happens out of an overflow. Somebody say overflow. And God, God has given uh, this, this church, this leadership team, huge vision, big vision. We're going to see God do a lot of good stuff because we have a good God. And we have, we have such a good history with God, seeing him do amazing things. And, and if you've been around from the launch or pre-launch, you've heard us talk about just some of the, some of the things that we're dreaming about, some of the, the vision and stuff that we have. We, we put together a, a small list. This is, isn't even an exhaustive list, but just some of the things that we want to see God do in the next couple years. And uh, can you just put that up just for a minute? We're not going to camp on this, but we got, we got so much stuff on our heart that we want God we know that God has given us vision and promise for. He's working on it. One of those, one of those things, one of our first visits to Austin, I was, we were just exploring the whole area. We got some friends down in San Marcos. I was on the freeway, and, I, and, I, and on the freeway, you can see the, the, the Texas State Stadium from the freeway. And I'm on the freeway, and I go into a vision while I'm driving. <laughs> Jesus is a better driver than we are. I go into a vision, and I see us feeling the vision, and uh, I see us hosting in a, an Awakening Texas event, and uh, I talk to my friend um, uh, Ben Fitzgerald, who does the Awakening Europe events with Heidi Baker and Todd White, and I told him, and he got so fired up, he's like, yeah, you tell me when, and I'm there. He's all, have Heidi there, we'll have Bethlehem Music, Jesus Culture, we're going to pack out the stadium for Jesus. Right, we're going to have school of technology, school of, of supernatural ministry. We're going to have prophetic and healing rooms. We're going to have uh, women's rescue shelters. We're, gonna, we're already supporting long-term missions. Come on, thank you, Jesus. If you weren't here last week, we, we gave our first offering as a church away, $44,000. We gave into the city of Austin. 
Come on, we. God's, God's got some momentum. He's, there's so much going to happen. You could take that down, but that is only going to happen out of an overflow of our relationship with God. And the reality is, even if God were to give us those things apart from friendship, it would be dangerous. Those, those things aren't things that are reserved for servants. <laughs> I didn't mean it to be that heavy. <laughs> those, <laughs> those, are, those are things that are reserved for friends. It's out of relationship. If you, if, you, if you get there out of your own effort, then you have to sustain yourself there out of your own effort. And that's where you hit burnout. And nobody wants to be there, amen? We want to be fresh and in awe and amazed at what the Lord's doing all the time. So I feel like that this is actually a, a, a directional word for our church because he's got big vision for us, but the vision's got to flow out of friendship. So 2019, I want us just to, to set our hearts on this course to pursue greater and greater friendship with Jesus. Because guess what? That's what he wants too. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. You know, I... Um, if, if, those who have been with us since the pre-launch have heard this, this, this story probably. But I learned something great about friendship with Jesus in the early, early days of my walk. And I didn't grow up in church. I got radically touched by God in my early 20s and started pursuing God with everything. And, and uh, Eddie and Megan, uh, they actually led my, myself and my brother uh, to Jesus in, uh, whoa. What a good day that was. And uh, <laughs> I could get lost. Anyway, um, and everything shifted, right? And uh, literally everything shifted. I mean, uh, such a radical shift that I was, I was in university at the time and I came back. I came back after that experience, that encounter, getting my heart to Jesus, getting filled up, the Holy Spirit, and I walked in my apartment, and my roommate said, who are you, and what did you do with Joaquin? That's transformation right there. And, uh, and so, so God, God shifted everything, but it set me on this course of just pursuing God, and really with, with my whole heart, and and I, and I was in my last semester of university, so I graduated, and I moved to the city where, where they were, where they had invited me to come, and where I'd met Jesus. So I moved there just to do this one thing, just to pursue Jesus with my whole heart. So I was doing that. I would, I, they, they let me move in with them for a while until I got established, and I would just, I was, I was sleeping on the couch in the living room, and it just like, wait till everybody else would go to bed, and I would just pace the living room. Just Jesus, I gotta have more of you. Gotta have more of you. I would cry, I would laugh, I would dance, I would sing, I would, I would do it all. <laughs> Just in the living room. And I remember um, in this early, early time, I went to this this meeting. I was just hungry, going to everything I could, and I and I showed up at this meeting, and uh, and. At one point, this guy got up. He said, "Hey, we have a special guest that just showed up. She's not on the like on the schedule, but she just felt like from the Lord she was supposed to show show up and come here. And we're gonna have her share at the end. We're so blessed that Heidi Baker's here with us." 
which that was awesome, but this was 20 years ago when not like the whole world, the whole Christian world didn't know who Heidi Baker was, right? And so some people were excited. Like, I was a brand new Christian. I definitely didn't know who she was, so I'm like, okay, that's awesome. Like, who's Heidi Baker, right? So they go on with their program, and, and then at the end of the night, they give Heidi Baker the microphone like five minutes just to come up and say, you know, whatever she's going to say. She gives her the microphone, and she comes out like this. She's like, ha, whoa, ha, whoa, ha, like doing like Heidi thing, right? And I'm a brand-new believer, and I'm, I'm like, I don't know what all this ho and woe stuff is. I don't know what that's about. But listen, when this lady came out on stage, she's only like five foot nothing, right? Little blonde lady. When she came out on stage, God came with her. I mean, we, we did the whole night and the whole worship, everything. But when this lady, when she walked out on the stage, God came with her. And I went, whoa. I went, I don't know all the ho, whoa, I don't know what all that is. But this is the presence of God. And I know that's what I came for. I want that right there. And she went on. She shared for a few minutes. And she said, I I feel like I'm supposed to give an impartation for missionaries and church planners. And if you feel like you're called to be a missionary or a church planner, I want you to come forward. Now listen, I was a brand new believer. I didn't know if I was called to do any of those things, right? I just knew I was hungry for Jesus. She could have said, I want pregnant Chinese women to come forward, and I would have gone forward. Like, I just like, whatever that is, whatever that is, that that lady's got, I want that. And uh, so I went forward, and it's so funny, right? I, I was telling this story back in the school of ministry in Reading, uh, one of my last times speaking in the school before we got launched, and that was so many years ago, right? It, some, those connect the dot moments, and, and I've told that story many times, and always telling it like, I don't know if I'm called to be either one of those things. <laughs> but, a year, but a year and a bit ago, I was telling that story, all of a sudden it hit me, I'm being sent to go plant a church. Anyway, I thought it was a good point. So um, <laughs> so she says, come forward. And so you know, whole, everybody, the whole place presses to the front. And I'm kind of in the back. And I got a couple friends with me. And I'm, she says, put your hands up. I'm going to pray. So I put my hands up. And she says, Holy Spirit, come. And she releases this impartation. I got my hands up. I'm like, God, I want it. I want it. <laughs> and I'd like to tell you that I got hit with, with like this lightning bolt of God. That's not what happened. I'd like to tell you that I got thrown to the floor and stuck to the floor and I couldn't move for four hours. That's, that's not what happened. What did happen is that the fingertips of these two fingers started to tingle. <laughs> but here's the, here's the key. But that tingling changed everything. Why? Because I let it. Now here's the, here's the story. So I got my hands up. I'm like, God, I want you. And I'm like, oh, everything you got for me, God, I'll take it. And my fingers start to tingle. Not even all of them, just the two littlest ones. <laughs> but here's the thing. This awe, whoa, Shoba, thank you, Father. This awe rose up in my heart. Like it doesn't even, 
make sense in the natural, but this all rose up in my heart, and something inside of me said, I, I'm pursuing God. I want God. I want God, and this, this tingling, this is, this is the God who created the whole universe choosing to touch me. This is the God that, that simply spoke and the heaven was created, the earth was created. This is the God who took dust and breathed into it and mankind was created. That God is choosing to touch my fingers. This is incredible. And I just, they're in awe. I can't believe this is happening. God is touching me. Me. Just not that long ago, I was a sinner. And I was good at it. <laughs> and God is touching me. I was like, oh, this is incredible. And I, I don't know how long it was, probably five minutes of me just like, oh, I can't believe you're touching me. And then, and then I, I looked to my, to my left and, and I noticed my friend who had come with me. And she's got her hands up, and she's like, God, I want more of you. I want more of you. And, I, and I'm looking at my fingers, and I'm like, this is, I think this is God. And she wants more of God. And I think this is God. And she wants, let me see what happens. So I put my hand on her, and she falls out. <laughs> wow. I look to my right, and my other friend, he's, he's there. He's like, God, I want more of you. I want, and I'm like, ha-ha. <laughs> this, is, this is God. He wants, I put my hand on him, and he falls out. And I'm like, wow, this thing is loaded. <laughs> but here's, here's what changed everything is, is, I went home that night instead of, you know, going out to Denny's and hanging out and doing whatever young people would do. And uh, I went straight home from the meeting and I went into the house. I was still living with the Tates. I, I went into the house and I went into the den and I closed the door and I laid on the floor of the den for two hours. And I looked at my fingers and went, can't believe the God of all the universe is touching me for two hours. I just, in awe, this, this awe so rose up. This is the God of the Bible, the God that we read about. This, he's touching me. And then here's the thing. The next night, like, so I did that two hours, whatever it was. I go to sleep, finally get up, go to work the next day. Like that tingling, that thing isn't still happening. But I, but I get home that that night. It's kind of like it's kind of like you know, young people. You got you got a new a new girlfriend. You're like, oh, I can't wait to get home to call her. It was like that feeling. Like I couldn't wait to get home. And I and I got home and I went to the den and I closed the door and I laid on the floor again. Like no tingling, but I just started thanking God for what He did the night before. Last week we. We ended the year with Thanksgiving. I went and I laid on the floor and I, and I started thanking God for what he did the night before. And guess what happened? The tingling came back. But it came back stronger. And I laid on the floor for two hours and just thanked God that he was touching me. I couldn't believe it. 
And the next night, I did the same thing, and the next night. But what's amazing is every night, it, I wouldn't have the tingling all day, but the next night when I would go and lay on the floor, and I'd just start thanking him for the night before it would come back. But every time it would come back, it would come back stronger. And it started to cover my whole hand. And it started to go down my arm. Oh, I could feel it. <laughs> 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 oh, wow. <laughs> Oh, oh man. <laughs> oh, oh man. <laughs> oh. He uh, he likes it when we talk about him. And uh it goes down my arm, and then it would start it, it across my chest, and over the night after night after night, it just started it, over my whole body. And I did this for about three or four months every night. Every night, I would just go close the door by myself, and I would just start thanking him for the night before, and it would come back. But it got so strong that it would cover my whole body, and it was like this current of love. That's the best I can describe it, because God is. Love. It was like this current of electric love. It wasn't like passive. It was like it had this energy, this like current of electric love was just like flowing over my body. It's the best I could describe. And I would just be stuck to the floor and go, oh my God, I can't believe you came again. And this is what happened. This is this is the lesson that after three or four months, whatever it was, I was driving to work one morning. And as I've already mentioned, every morning I get up, like uh, that same feeling, that, that, that same like tangible nearness of God wasn't necessarily there. But this morning I got up, got ready, was driving to work, and I stopped at a stop sign on my way to work. I mean, not even a stop light. I mean, I just stopped at a stop sign, and the presence of God exploded in the car. I mean, enveloped. I I broke out in sweat. I started crying. Like God just came in the car. And I, the first thought, I mean, it sounds funny now, but my first thought is, God, what are you doing here? <laughs> because what you got to understand is that it, up to this point, I only, I only knew God in this, this tangible way in the den at night with the door closed, laying on the floor. Thanking him for the night before. That was it. Like, and, and so I know it sounds funny, but that was my first thought is, what are you doing here? In the car. And then my brain, this is just the way my brain works. I don't know, right? But in my brain, my thoughts were like, what are you doing here? Like, uh, I, don't, I didn't have worship on. I wasn't praying. Like, I was just thinking about what I got to do that day. Like, I wasn't like God-focused. I was just on my way to work, and he exploded in the car. I said, God, what are you doing here? And the father, in his, his fatherly voice, he said, you have pressed in for friendship with me, and now I just like being with you. Whoa. Thank you, Jesus. I've told this story, too, but it was just not long after that that, that miracles started to happen through around me, through me, all kinds of stuff. I was, I was at the, the first miracle that I saw, the first miracle healing I ever saw was um, the pastor's 
grown son, 20-year-old son at the church we were coming to, he had a headache. He's going around asking people for, for like Tylenol. And I'm the newest believer in the room. He's like, anybody got Tylenol? I got a, such a headache. And I'm like, doesn't the Bible say that we lay hands on the sick and they'll get better? Like, I'm so green, I just believe the stuff. Aren't you glad God will give us the grace to unlearn? Anyway, so, I, so I'm like, uh, he's like asking everybody, right? And I'm like, uh, what if I pray for you? He's like, okay, whatever. So I pray for him, and he's shocked because his headache goes away. He's more surprised than I am. He's like, no, you don't understand, it's really gone. <laughs> I'm like, isn't that what's supposed to happen? <laughs> and every, through the whole night, every 20 minutes, he comes find me. He's like, hey, dude, no, seriously, it's still gone. <laughs> and I'm like, why are you so surprised? I mean, I'm just brand new, you know, believer. And then the first miracle that I saw happen in public, I'm, I'm standing in line at Taco Bell. I was young and poor, don't judge me. So I was... I'm standing in line at Taco Bell. I'm just like waiting in line. You know, and there's, there's people behind me in line. The person two behind me with this guy, right? He kind of looked a little bit down and out and whatever. And, but he's back there. And like, this is so weird. It's just so weird, right? But God uses the foolish things to confound the wise, right? This guy, two people behind me, not even in front of me. Like, I get a word of knowledge, but I never heard of a word of knowledge. I didn't know what a word of knowledge was. All I know is, is this picture, like right here, I got a picture of that guy's liver just like hanging right here. And I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> this is the weirdest thing ever. Why am I thinking about that guy's liver? <laughs> and so finally, I don't know what to do, so I just turn around and I ask the guy. I'm like, excuse me, uh, this might sound really strange, but do you have a problem with your liver by any chance? He said, yeah, I do. How'd you know that? I'm like, I, I don't know. I think it's God. <laughs> and uh, it's so funny to look back on it now that God used that guy to teach me how to pray for people in public. So I'm like, you know, you have a problem? He's like, yeah, I do. How'd you know? I'm like, I don't know. It's God. And then I just stood there and looked at him. Because <laughs> I, I didn't have anything else to say. And he's looking at me, and he goes... Okay, are you going to do something about that? And, I, and I'm like, um, well, I think, I think maybe I, I should pray for you. And he goes, okay. And then we just stand there looking at each other. And he means, he goes, you mean like right now or later? And I said, uh, right now is good. And then I just, we stand there looking at each other. And he goes, okay, do you, do you want to do it in here? Or maybe should we go outside? And I'm like, okay, let's go outside. <laughs> like, literally have no idea what I'm doing, right? I'm just blitzing the chicken line. Come on, I like that one. And uh, so we go outside, just right out the doors. We sit like the little walkway, you know. And we stand there, and I said, okay, well, you know, your liver, and it's like, yeah, I got diseased liver and whatever, and I said, okay, well, I'm going to pray for it. I said, I think your liver is somewhere in there. <laughs> so, 
I can feel your confidence in your pastor rising <laughs> at the moment. But so I said, okay, I'm gonna I'm just gonna put my hand on your stomach and I'm gonna pray. Is that okay? He's like, okay. So I put my hand there and I close my eyes, which you know they teach you, right? Don't close your eyes when you pray because you'll miss it. I didn't know that then, right? So I put my hand on his stomach, I close my eyes, and I just say, Holy Spirit, come. And I feel him disconnect from my hand. And I, and I open my eyes just in time to see him hit the outside wall of Taco Bell and slide to the ground unconscious. I'm like, I'm like looking around, I'm like, is that supposed to happen? The guy, he was, out for a few, he was out for a few minutes. It seemed like a long time. He's like a dead body, right? And they're just like, I'm like, oh, he's fine. He's okay. He's just having an encounter with God. He, it's like two, two, three minutes where he comes to and, and, uh, and he's completely healed. I, I know, I know I had, I had, I built relationship with him, and we were in touch for probably about six months, and he got, he got completely healed. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say overflow. It, it all comes from the overflow. Whoa, of our friendship and our relationship with Jesus. Thank you, Father. Whoa, Siri's not available. I don't need you, Siri. I need my notes. There we go. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think it was that funny. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. God wants a family. That bottle is just wonky. <clears throat> God wants a family. Can I get an amen to that? That, that, that God sent his son so that, that we could be redeemed, that we could, his children could come back into relationship and be his sons and daughters. Amen? That God didn't come for servants. That God, that God didn't come for robots. That God came for sons and daughters. And that God came uh, for a family. But even within that context of family, he wants, he wants loving friends. He wants family that feels like friends. And if you were with us a few weeks back, I talked about uh, the, four, the four Greek words for love, and, and I talked about the difference, and, and storge is love, but it's, a, it's a, a love of responsibility or commitment, and, uh, and it's, it's commitment like, like a, a parent has, has a, a sense of instilled responsibility to take care of their child, and even if they don't, don't like what their child's doing that week, they're having a bad season, they're still like, ah, oh, you're being a terror, but I'm going to feed you. Amen. And uh, there's this sense of responsibility, but there's the different types of love. And you don't got to keep that up there. But, but God isn't looking just for servants, and he's not looking just for, it's not just a, a stoic commitment. 
like you're in, so I need to bless you just enough, right? No, he's looking for friendship. He's looking for relationship. Thank you, Jesus. John 15 says, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. And we're going we're gonna to hit that uh, in a little bit. But friends, fe- friends pursue God for friendship's sake. Servants pursue their master because they need something. Servants pursue God because, because they need the list of stuff to do that day. And it's like a, a servant pursues a master like, hey, excuse me, sorry to bother you, but what did you need me to do today? Right? And I just come in, I just come in, just, okay, I got my assignment, right, I'm out, and then I, I won't come back till it's all done, right? But that's not what God is looking for. Our relationship with God is not God is the CEO and we're the mail clerk, servants are always looking for a divine opportunity, a divine appointment, but never thinking it's the right time. When is it the right time for the mail clerk to go and knock on the door of the CEO? I don't know. He can wait all year. Like, is it the right time? Are you busy? I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm looking for my window. A friend just walks in. That didn't go over well. All right. (laughs) A a son just walks in. Hey, Dad, how's it going? How's the the business going today? (laughs) A son plops down on the couch and puts his feet up on the coffee table. (laughs) Guess what? The mail clerk better not. (laughs) Why? Because it's a different relationship. But the wow, thank you, Jesus. I was reading the Bible, thank you, Jesus. And I was and I was reading the story of the King Asa, and the, the story you can find in a second. Chronicles and I and I love I love kings and I love chronicles and it it tells the story of the kings uh, generations of kings one king after another and some of the kings did well and some of the kings didn't do so well and and it was this up and down cycle and it's it's always so eye opening the kings that did well always had this one thing in common they believed God they believed God and they took him at his word. And when they believed God and they took him at his word, God always showed up to back them up. <clears throat> and, and Asa was, was this king who, who, it says in 2 Chronicles 14, verse 2, Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. Thank you, Jesus. And, and God was with him and and. He had an army of 300,000, but the Ethiopians came against him with an army of one million. How many people know those odds are not in your favor? Unless God is with you. 
Because how many people know you and God is a majority? <laughs> and here's, here's what I love. Somebody say, trust God. And so the Ethiopians came against him with, with an army of one million. And this is what it says in 14, verse 11. And Asa cried out to the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing for you to help. Whether with many or with those who have no power, help us, O Lord our God. For we rest on you, and in your name we go against this multitude. O Lord, you are our God. Do not let man prevail against you. (laughs) That's a good word right there. So the Lord struck the Ethiopians before Asa and Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. And Asa and the people who were with him pursued them, to Gerar, so the Ethiopians were overthrown and they could not recover, for they were broken before the Lord and his army. Wow. Who struck the army of a million? The Lord did, to the point that they were broken before who? The Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. And Asa, what did he do? He cried out to the Lord. And they gathered much spoil and in And in chapter 15, verse 1, it says this, same story. Now the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa and said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. Here it is. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. I'm going to read that again. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. Somebody say friendship. Now this is, I don't don't know why at the moment, like this just jumped out at me. In some ways, that verse doesn't even sound that profound on the surface. If the Lord is with you while you're with him. But it jumped out at me, and I'm like, wow. There's so much truth in this. And then I just started reflecting on friendship with God and, and being with God. And how many people know that being in his presence gives you confidence? <laughs> being in his presence gives you confidence that he's going to come and back you up in the time of need. <laughs> friends. Thanks, Ben. Friends, friends pursue friendship not because they have a need, but because they like each other. Did you know God doesn't just love you, he also likes you? (laughs) Last week we talked talked a little bit about how shame is the (laughs) anti-anointing. Shame is the opposite of the confidence that you get by being in his presence. It's the opposite of the anointing, so it's anti-anointing. It makes you feel like God is distant or that he's not available or you can't access him or that he's not going to show up when you need him. But confidence comes in his presence. Somebody say confidence. And I read this verse and this line jumped out at me. And I I saw this picture. And it's it's strange, but it's Texas, so I can go with it. I I saw a peace officer with his sidearm. And if you're with the Lord, he's going to be with you. And I saw this peace officer with his sidearm. And God's like, if he's with his sidearm, 
then when he needs it, his sidearm is with him. <laughs> they're close, they're together. It's on his hip. But guess what? If he leaves it in his car, then he gets into a moment of trouble. He's like, oh, 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 oh. If he leaves it at home, right? If he's never, if he's never practiced with it, that's even worse, right? He's like, oh, 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 I'm gonna get you. Hold on. Hey. <laughs> Listen, it's, it's going to be there for him if he's with it. And that's what, that's what friendship with God does for us. Servants pursue God because they need something. But at that point, it's often too late. The need comes and then you're like, oh, I better go get a relationship with God. And then you wonder why your prayers aren't ever answered, why the breakthrough didn't come. But friends spend time with God because they like him, and they know that he likes them, and they're hanging out, and they're talking about whatever God wants to talk about, and they're just enjoying each other, and guess what? You're being covered with the presence. It's like having your sidearm with you. And you're walking around with the presence, right? You're not looking for trouble. All of a sudden, something pops up. Guess what? Uh, it's loaded. You're, you're not even thinking about it. Something pops up, and you're like, oh, I got this covered. Why? Because you know your friend is there. <laughs> when, you're the, when you're the son of the CEO, Problem pops up, you're like, no problem. Let me call my dad. We got this. Oh, come on. Thank you, Jesus. Friends, pursue God for friendship's sake. Proverbs 25, verse 2, I like the way the NIV says it. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search out a matter is the glory of kings. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to search it out. He's the king of kings. Who are the kings? We are. It's, it's his glory to conceal it, but it's our glory to pursue it, to search it out. Come on. Friendship changes our pursuit. Friendship changes the way we pursue. That, that God, God doesn't hide stuff from us. He hides it for us. Earlier, Renee mentioned we have, we have three little kids, one about to be six, one about to be five, and a one-and-a-half-year-old. And they like to play hide-and-seek. And listen, when I hide... From them, I'm not hiding to not be found. Right? I'm not hiding to not be found. Like, I don't go next door to the neighbor's house, right? No, they're four, right? Where do I hide? I hide to be found. And that's, that's what draws the relationship. 
right? And they have so much joy, and they look, they look for you for a little bit, and it's, it's the pursuit that builds the anticipation. And they look, and they're like, oh, where's daddy? And then they find you, ah, they laugh, and they giggle, yeah, let's do it again, right? It's, you hide to be found. Listen, if, if I, one, I don't go next door and hide. And two, I don't be like, yeah, let's play hide and seek. And they go and count to ten. And when they open their eyes, I'm still on the couch watching TV. Why? That wouldn't be any fun for them. There would be no value developed. Listen, we value what we have to pursue. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Diamonds, diamonds are amazing. Diamond rings are valuable. Why? Because they're not laying around everywhere. If you have one, it's special. Okay, I'll try over here. Listen. <laughs> they're valuable because they're not laying around everywhere. Look, look, God, God is not hiding from you. He's hiding for you. He's hiding to be found. He's hiding and he's drawing you near because it's in the pursuit that the anticipation and the value builds. Look, he's hiding for you. He's even going to help you. When I'm playing hide and seek with my kids, right, you even do the, you're getting warmer. <laughs> colder, colder, no, warmer, warmer. There you are, right? Jump out. Here I am. You found me. This isn't going over well. That's all right. I'm encouraging myself. <laughs> Listen, God, God is drawing you into a pursuit. But it's not the it's not he's not inviting you into the pursuit as a servant. A servant's a servant's like all year, like I don't know, maybe is this like I want to ask for a promotion, but is this the moment that I should knock on the door? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. All you, and the, maybe the moment never comes. A son just walks in. God's got big vision for us, but it's all going to come out of friendship. Thank you, Jesus. Friendship, we talked about earlier, it's not just, it's not just commitment. God doesn't just love you. It's, listen, it's not, he's not bound by contract just to love you. He actually likes you. Do you know that some, listen, the love of God changes everything, amen? We can agree on that. But sometimes on a personal level, it's actually the revelation that he likes me that changes everything. <laughs> and in friendship, there's the element of joy. Look, the, look the, the, the mail clerk doesn't, the mail clerk isn't looking for the joy in the relationship. The mail clerk is looking to get stuff done so he doesn't get in trouble, so, I, so he can keep his job. Amen? You guys are making me work. That's okay. That's it. But a friend is looking for the joy in the relationship. What can I do that's going to make you happy? What can we do together that we enjoy? See how this changes everything? <laughs> uh, uh, our friend... Uh, a prophet, Dan McCollum, uh, who we're talking to about coming out sometime in the near future. Dan says, 
Dan says, joy changes your perspective on time. And he mentioned he grew, he grew up not in a, in a revival setting, not in the presence. And he's like, man, when I was a kid, an hour church service seemed like eternity. <laughs> but now it, I can be, well, I'm in the presence, I'm in the love, I'm in the joy of God. I could be in church for three hours, right? And it seems like a minute. Joy changes our relationship to time. Joy, joy is meant to be an equation in the pursuit. So is, does the thought of pursuing God feel like work? Then you're missing the joy. <laughs> then you haven't realized that he's invited you not as a servant. Because a servant clocks in. A servant clocks in and a servant clocks out. And a servant's counting, did I do enough time? The servant's trying to earn it. Did I do enough hours? Did I work to get my paycheck? To get my, are you going to show up to support me with a paycheck? Did I do enough hours? A friend, a friend doesn't clock in or out. A friend is just a friend. A friend's a friend. It doesn't matter 11 o'clock at night. If your best friend calls, you answer. Hey, what's up? What do you need? What's going on? How can I help you? <laughs> if, you're, if you're with the Lord, then he's going to be with you. Well, but the being with the Lord comes beforehand. It comes in friendship. That's why it says in Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom then all these other things will be added unto you. Thank you, Jesus. Friends, friends, have fun together. Somebody say fun. You're meant to have fun with Jesus. Because he's wanting to have fun with you. Okay, my last point is John 15. The entirety of the chapter. <laughs> uh, John 15, verse 4, it says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. You know what's amazing? It's amazing that what it doesn't say is those who try and bear a lot of fruit will bear a lot of fruit. That's what the mail clerk does. He works his hours, right? He gets paid. He, he does diligence. He climbs the corporate ladder. And in maybe 20 years, he'll arrive. Oh, come on. This is a good word. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what it says. What does it say? It says, he who abides in me and I in him will bear much fruit. Uh, 
I wasn't anticipating that thing to pop up, but it popped up. But, oh, guess what I got with me? Because it's always there. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Whoa. I'm going to read that one again for myself. If you, if you abide in me, when? When we're abiding. If we're abiding. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Now get this, next verse. And by this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Verse 9, as my Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Again, it's not just commitment love, it's friendship love. It's agape love. It's the overflow of the heart love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be what? Full. Do you, do you realize that that's the language of friends? I'm telling you this stuff. I'm inviting you into the pursuit. We're doing this so that my joy can be in you and so that your joy can be full. <laughs> Come on, when it's your best friend's birthday, you're like, what can we do? How can we, what, what can I do so that your joy can be full? When, when, the, when the mail clerk shows up at work, that's not, that's not how they're thinking. They're thinking, what's on my list to do? Let me get it all done. Maybe if I get it done fast enough, I could sneak out early. Let me get it all done so I don't get in trouble. God say, no, no, this whole thing is about us being friends. Thank you, Jesus. And in verse 15, no longer do I call you servants. For a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I've heard from my father, I have made known to you. And the last verse I want to hit, you did not choose me. Whoa. But I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Thank you, Jesus. I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. I believe that God is giving us a commission for this year. I believe that God's given us a commission for years to come, that there's great vision and great fruit ahead. But it's all going to come out of friendship. Amen? Yeah. You know, years ago, I was <clears throat> similar. Not, not too long after the, the stories that I told earlier, early days still pursuing God, I was working uh, at, a, at a fitness club, and the, the director of um, all the fitness, her husband was really sick with Lou Gehrig's disease. And I was just in, in prayer uh, I was in prayer one morning, and I was, just, I was just praying with the Lord, and all of a sudden, I see this picture of her and this apple pie in front of her, and the Lord says, tell her that I hear her prayers. And I'm like, 
That's almost as strange as the liver. So I go to I go to work. I go to work and I'm like, hey Beth, her name was Beth. I'm like, hey, uh, this might sound really strange to you, but uh, I was praying and all of a sudden I got this picture of you and like there was this apple pie in front of you and the Lord says he hears your prayers and she breaks down weeping at church, at, at work. Breaks down weeping. And she's like, oh, you don't understand. I'm like, no, I don't. What's happening? She said, just this morning, again, her husband was really sick. She, this, this morning, I got to this breaking point. I was so distraught, just feeling so helpless that I went to the fridge, and somebody had sent us an apple pie, and she's a fitness, the head of the fitness instructors, right? So she's like, I would never do this, but I was so distraught this morning that I ate an apple pie for breakfast. And I was sitting at my kitchen table, I'm eating apple pie, and I'm crying, and I, my husband's sick, and I'm going, God, do you even hear me? Do you even know that I'm down here? Do you even care? And she's weeping at work. <laughs> Whoa. No longer do I call you servants, I call you friends, because the servant doesn't know what his master is doing. But friends do. Is somebody available to come? Thank you, Jesus. Anybody believe God's got big plans for you? Believe that God's got big plans for your family? Believe that God's got big plans for this church and this city? <laughs> Anybody believe that all of that, everything he's going to do, that every person who's going to get born again, every cancer that's going to disappear, every marriage that's going to be restored, that all of that stuff is meant to happen out of the overflow of just being friends. If you believe that that's true, and if you believe that that's the key for everywhere that God wants to take us, if you if you want to position your, your heart just 2019, God, I want this year to be marked by friendship. Not by being a servant, but by being a friend. Of course, when God calls, we're supposed to answer but you know, friends are better at serving than servants are. Because <laughs> when your friend asks you to do something, there's joy connected in the fulfillment of it. You're like, oh, you need that done? Sure, no problem. You're my best friend. I love you. You love me. I got this. I got you. We're good. No problem. It's joy. You get it. You're like, hey, I took care of it. No, it's all done. And they're like, thanks so much. I love you, man. I love you too. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Wow. God's got a lot in store, but I just feel like he wants to mark our pursuit for everything with this one thing. If you want God to mark this year with just deep friendship, I just want you to stand to your feet tonight. Thank you, Jesus.
And I want you to remember, I want you to remember the friendship can't be void of the joy. The kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The joy is what changes the pursuit. It's, it's actually meant to be fun. When I'm at Taco Bell and God's showing me people's livers and I don't know what I'm doing and homeless guys are falling out on the sidewalk and like I'm like, I don't know what's happening. How many people know that's fun? Seeing the kingdom of heaven come is fun. Seeing lives transform is fun. Feeling his presence day after day is fun. Feeling his affirmation is fun. And it all builds confidence. You're like, oh, God, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling so full. Wow, this is amazing. The next thing you know, you're like, whoa. They're both loaded. <laughs> Line them up. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you by the Holy Spirit that you can, you can clarify everything I tried to say. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and then you can let it go deeper than my words ever could. So God, I pray that you would come with a blanket and an invitation of friendship, God. God, I pray that tonight, even maybe for the first time, people would put their hand in your hand, the hand of trust, and they would say, Jesus, here I am, take me where you will. I'm no longer afraid because I know that you're coming to me as a friend and I'm coming to you as a friend. That whatever we do, it's going to have joy all in and through it. It's going to be covered with the agape love of the Father, the unceasing, never-ending, the love, the type of love that can't be turned off, no matter what you do. Just put your hand on your heart for me. I'm going to pray and release you, but I just want you to invite God just to mark you. Remember, remember, it all... Started with the tips of two fingers tingling. Listen, can I just tell you right now, as we're about to end, don't miss it because you think it's not big enough. Don't look at the person who is on the floor flopping. Don't look at the person who's stuck to the ground and going, oh, they got it and I didn't. No, remember what I said at the beginning, the tingling of those two fingertips changed everything. Why? Because I let it. He's here for you. Wow. Yeah, just invite him to mark you. I'm going to pray. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to release you, but we have somebody who, who can come and lead us in Sing over us for a minute. I just feel like that there's some of us in the room that you're like, you want this to go so deep. It's, it's your proverbial, I'm going to go in the den and close the door. But I feel like there's such an anointing up here for this that 
As I release you, if you need to go, you can go. But I feel like there's people that are supposed to just come up and just be up here in the presence with God and just let him let that marking, that branding go even deeper. If you want to come and lay on the floor, you can do that. Kneel before the Lord, lift your hands, whatever you want to do. But let's let him mark our year. Let's let him mark our year with great friendship. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you, God, for the momentum. I thank you for the purpose. I thank you for the call. I thank you for all the great things that, yes, we know you're going to do. But because we are leaning into you, not to get those things, but because we love you. Because those things are going to be an overflow of our relationship and our friendship. Hey, buddy. You found me. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, I just ask that you would bless this company of people, that you would bless every individual, every family, and every household represented here in Jesus' name. Yeah, let the joy be imparted back into the relationship in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit www.bethelchurchaustin.com.